This is Brother John Metter, and I greet you in the precious name of Jesus. So enjoying, looking forward to what God is doing. And we went off the air last week. I was uh, talking to you about the kingdom of heaven and encouraging you to read the book of Matthew. If you don't read anything else, read the gospel of Matthew because, like I said, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, uh, which we call the Beatitudes, it's filled with uh, parables and scriptures that explains heaven and explains the kingdom of heaven, which are two entirely different things. And then you go to Matthew 13. Uh, you can read all the parables there. And on through, uh, I mean, the book of Matthew, just read the whole thing. But I was talking and I was uh, giving the understanding that the Lord had given me of the kingdom of heaven. And I I believe I was uh, had given you the scripture, 1 Corinthians 4 and 20, for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, same thing, is not in word but in power. So uh, I was had broken down the definitions of kingdom and power, and then I was uh, on a second paragraph of what I had written down, and it says the gospel of the kingdom is the demonstration the rule and reign of heaven had come down and taken its abode in Christ or in Jesus. That's why he was teaching. That's why he was teaching that everything he did, it wasn't him, but the Father that dwelt in him. Therefore, he could declare, I and my Father are one. The Jesus was just the earthly tabernacle. That was the fleshly body that the Spirit uh, of God moved into and, and worked through. Just like he's wanting to work through us in these last days. We are the tabernacle we are the temple the bible tells us in i believe it's first corinthians uh it might be in three but i know it's in six know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the holy ghost it tells us the holy ghost which is the spirit of the resurrected christ will come and take its abode and people talk all this stuff about just having Christ in your heart. I don't want him just in my heart. I want him being made manifest in my mortal flesh. And I believe that's according to 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. If I remember right, that uh, that he will come and take its abode in your mortal flesh. Let me get over here to my concordance. You know, people talk about Jesus living in their heart. That's all well and good. But I don't just need him in my heart. I need him to take his abode in this body, order my steps, direct my paths, lead me by his word, lead me by the working of his spirit. And if you go to 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, uh in the 10th verse, Paul said, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus 
might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. He didn't say after your resurrection. He didn't say after you had become immortal. Look what it says here. You know, so many times people, uh, they're raised in something. They go to church. They uh, accept the doctrine of the church and they're taught things. And then when you come well, and, and try to teach something either in a deeper revelation or greater understanding, people will not even take the words that are written in the Bible, they will stick with what they've been taught all their life. But here Paul is saying, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. The word manifest means to reveal. So here he's saying that the life of Jesus the very life that Jesus lived on this earth, his very works, his very words, his very signs and wonders and miracles, his nature, his love, his compassion, his forgiveness, his tenderness, his kindness, the whole, uh, the fruit of the spirits that's listed in, in Galatians 5, uh, in, I believe it's 22, talks about the, the love, the temperance, the meekness, the gentleness, uh, all the, uh, and it, it tells us that we are supposed to have, if Christ has come in and take his abode, he will take his abode in uh, a whole lot more than just your heart. He will begin to radiate out through your mortal flesh. So uh, the gospel of the kingdom is the demonstration of the rule and reign of heaven that has come down and taken its abode in him, in Jesus. That's why he was teaching that everything he did, it wasn't him, but the Father that dwelt in him. Therefore, he could declare, I and my Father are one. It wasn't the miracles. It wasn't a good work. Because in John the 10th chapter, they got mad at him again and took up stones to stone him. And he looked at him and said, For which of the good works that I've shown you from my Father do you want to stone me? They said, For the good works we stone thee not, but thou being a man, makest thyself God. That's why we're going to stone you. Well, if you go to Philippians, the second chapter and the fifth verse, it says, Let this mind which was in Christ Jesus... Let it be also in you. Well, you if you've got to have the mind of the Spirit. You've got to have the indwelling of the Spirit of Christ. And that is the mind that was in Christ Jesus. But if you go to verse 6, then it tells you what the mind that was in Christ Jesus was. He said, and, and he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He thought it not robbery, children. To be equal with God. And I know a lot of people, they'll talk about having the mind of Christ. But when you don't know what the mind of Christ is, uh, then it's hard for you to have it. Uh, let me get over there to it and I will read it to you. You've got to take the Word of God. And, and I tell people, and I tell people, I don't care what you've been taught. What does the Word say? See, I wasn't raised... In any particular doctrine, I wasn't raised, I was raised in church all my life, but when I come to the Lord at 19, I knew Jesus saved and Jesus healed. I'd seen miracles all my life. 
I had been taught all the characters of the Bible. I could tell you about anybody's life story in the Bible when it comes to doctrine and how to live and how to serve God and how to uh, present my life to Him. I had no knowledge and understanding. So in uh, Philippians, the second chapter and the fifth verse, it said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6, Who, being in the form of God, and He was in the form of God, he was the express image of his persons, according to Hebrews, uh, uh, the first chapter, and I believe it's the third verse. He was the he was the brightness. He was the express image of his person. So he was in, <coughs> excuse me, the form of God, and he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. So he came made like us. He came. He didn't come down here declaring that he was God. He didn't come down here declaring and saying. But he came made in the likeness of sinful flesh. According to Romans 8 and 3. He came made like us. And the reason he came and was made like us. So that we could become like him. He is the door. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No man comes to the Father. That is not a salvation scripture. No man cometh to the Father except he come through Jesus because Jesus came to show man the way back to God. Read 2 Corinthians 5 on the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation means to restore back to divine favor. Jesus did not just come to save your soul. He came to reconcile you back to the Father. And it plainly tells you in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter down there, starting at verse 17, and I believe it goes through verse 21, and somewhere in there, in there it says, but God was in Christ. How was he in Christ? By his Spirit. But God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He was bringing man back to him. What man had done when he sinned, he had separated himself from God. And in this time period uh, that Jesus came and walked on this earth, he made the way for man to come back to the Father, for man to be restored back to the place where God created him. And where did God create him? In total dominion, total authority, total power over all his creation. I mean, the word plainly says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou hast visited him and set him over the works of thy hands? And that's what God done. He created man. You go to Genesis, uh, the first chapter and the 26th and 27th verse. And he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And let us give him dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. Uh, and that's what he done. And then he went on in verse uh, 27. Hang on, let me get there, and I will bring you right up to date. I do not like to uh, say something or quote something that's out of context. Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. 
In the image of God created him, male and female created he them. Uh, the image of God, when people talk about the image of God, they think it's a physical body. They think it's two arms, two legs, a head, a torso. That is not the image of God. The image of God is total power, authority, dominion, and omnipotence, total control. He is the creator. He is the omnipotent God. He is the almighty, the all-powerful. That is the image of God. So that is what God created man in. And verse 28 says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. That's where God created man. All the animals were brought to Adam, and Adam named them. Adam named them before uh, God created Eve for him. And if you understand creation, you know that creation is not six of our days, but it's six of God's days, which one day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. And there's people tell me, well, I don't believe that. Well, it's up to you what you believe, but there's no way for Adam to be created on the sixth day. And for all the animals to be brought to him and for him to name all these animals and then for God to not find a suitable helpmate and then cause Adam to fall into a deep sleep, open his side, take out a rib, create woman, uh, close his side back up and then bring the woman to him. That's not going to happen in 24 of our hours uh Especially when man, I don't know if he had to sleep at that time or not, because he was, he was walking in the total dominion authority, but even 24 hours, you couldn't have brought all the animals to Adam and had them named. And besides that, in Genesis, uh, the second chapter, and I believe I've got it pretty close at hand right here, uh, if I can remember exactly where it is, yeah, here it is. Uh, let's just start at Genesis 2 and read uh, from verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, uh, which he had made, and rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because it ended he had rested from all the work which God uh, created and made. And this is the point I want to make right here in verse 4. It says, These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Now, uh, just a generation is a period of 40 years, whether you realize that or not. 30 to 40 years is a generation. So here in verse 4 of Genesis 2, it says, These are the generations of the heavens and of earth. So if it was just one generation, it would have been 30 to 40 years that it took God to create the heavens and the earth. But it wasn't. It was generations, plural. When they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And if y'all don't understand, uh, 1,000 means millennium. So we're talking about the millennium reign at the end of time, which is a period of a thousand years. So uh, God, when he created and finished everything on the sixth day, he, in his fullness, power, and authority, 
took his abode in man, took his rest in man, and that is where, <coughs> excuse me, that is where God rested. He rested on that seventh day in his fullness, in his power, in his authority, uh, in man. That's where he took his abode in man. He rested in him. Man is the place where God rested. Have you not ever heard and read in your Bible that a spirit without a body is not at rest? So if you go to Isaiah 66, and I don't know why the Lord's got me going this direction, but I I pray it's helping somebody. So in Isaiah 66 in verse 1, he said, Thus saith the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. And every time I read this, I can just see uh, God sitting in heaven and stretching his feet out and placing them on the earth like you're sitting in a, a lounge chair and, and propping your feet up on an ottoman. I just uh, a visual I get when he said, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you built unto me and where is the place of my rest. See, God created man to, to rest in. God created man to have holy communion, and he did for many, many years. I don't know how long that man went without sinning, but I know that he went at least a thousand because God rested in him that seventh day, which is a thousand years. So man, uh, you know, had the fullness of God living in him for at least a thousand years. How many more uh, years after that, we have no idea because man's days were not counted until he committed sin and was separated from God. Man was not created to die. Man was created to live eternally as a body, as a temple, as a tabernacle for God to dwell in. That was that holy communion that Adam had with God every day, the fullness of the presence of God dwelt in him in the fullness, and he gave him total dominion over everything that his hands had created. God didn't create man and then create the earth. God created the earth and then created man because the earth was created for man, but man was created for God to live in and dwell in. So it 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 God placed man here to live in him, to dwell in him, to using, to uh, let man, to use man's hands, to use man's eyes and ears and mouth. And I know there's an old, old, old song, and some of you may remember it. I don't remember many of the lyrics, but we used to sing it when I was just a young boy in church growing up. I loved it. I loved the lyrics to it. I loved it. It just gave me such a great feeling. And it the the name of the song was I was born to serve the Lord. I was born to serve the Lord. Uh and I believe it starts out created in his image, made in his likeness. Uh my body is the temple of the Lord is part of the words. Uh it talks about your hands, it talks about your eyes, it talks about your ears, it talks about you being a vessel presented to God to be able to bring forth His Word and the working of His Spirit uh, inside of you. You are the place of God's rest. And that's the reason, you know, when people talk about uh, rest in uh, Hebrews, in uh, 
I believe it's the fourth chapter. Let me get over there. Uh, it might be in three and four, but I want to go there. Uh, yes, chapter four of Hebrews. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being less does of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. So there is a rest. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that hurt it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he has said, I have sworn in my wrath that they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. And he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. So there is another rest coming. There is a rest coming. And it's that seventh day again, because we've just about reached uh, to 7,000 years since man's sin. Uh, and God is going to dwell in man in the fullness again. That is that seventh day that he sanctified that God would rest in man and God is fixing to do it again. Only he's not going to rest in one man. He's going to rest in a full, complete body. He's going to rest uh, in his fullness, his power, his authority, his dominion throughout the body of Christ, throughout the whole world. That's what I've been trying to tell people all these years since God began to deal with me about the kingdom, which he dealt with me a little bit about it in 87, uh, gave me some understanding of things in 84, but he never brought it all together and locked it all together, I don't think, until he started dealing with me in 2010 and then in 2012, this whole revelation of the kingdom. So, uh, I've told people this ain't something that's come together in just a, uh, a few years, but this is, uh, bits and pieces of this started in my spirit in 84. So you got 94, 2004, 2014. Uh, so that is, uh, what, 39 years that, uh, no, it's not that much, 35 years that God has been revealing this kingdom in me and getting me ready and getting people ready to prepare the way of the Lord that the Spirit can come take its abode in us. Children, do you realize what a privilege? Do you realize what a great uh, working and moving and revelation of the Spirit of God has come and has been presented to us? And I remember when the Lord began to deal with me in 2006, uh, out of Philippians 3 and 10, where Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. The Lord began to deal with me about that in 2006 and about the power of the resurrected Christ living in us. And I'm not talking about a measure of it or part of it like what uh, we have now. I'm talking about the fullness of it, which I believe is the latter rain. See, there's a lot in this word people don't know. They've never been taught. Uh, the Holy Ghost has been focused strictly on tongues instead of the Holy Ghost being focused on the spirit of the resurrected Christ, of his attributes, of his characteristics, 
of his nature. All people look at when you talk about the Holy Ghost coming in his tongues. Yes, that's part of it, but it's only one of the building blocks in what the Holy Ghost is. There are many facets to the Holy Ghost. Uh, and the Lord began to deal with me in uh, 2006 on the power of the resurrected Christ. He began to open my understanding to it. Uh, and I began to see it. I began to understand it. And I, somewhere in there I said, my goodness, uh, it's being revealed that I can be like you were when you walked this earth. He said, no. He said, the power of the resurrection is what I took on after I was raised from the dead. I did not have this power before. I did not have all power in earth. I did not have total authority and dominion until after my resurrection. So he put it to me in simple terms. He said, do you want to be as I was or do you want to be as I am? And that's what he, that's what he spoke into my spirit. And as I meditated on that, I said, Oh my goodness. And I thought about it a little bit and I, you know, I kind of just told the Lord, I said, Well, you know, that's kind of a, a no brainer type situation. Uh, the way I look at it. And I told him, I said, Of course, I want to be like you are. I don't want to be as you were. Uh, so here in 1 John 4 and 17, uh, it says this, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Not as He was, but as He is. As He is, so are we, or so we can be, in this world, we can put on uh, this resurrected Christ. We can put on his mind. Uh, Paul wasn't talking about the mind of Christ as he walked this earth. He said, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus, which when you uh, read Christ Jesus, that means uh, after the resurrection is the way I've always understood it. Jesus Christ means before the resurrection. Christ Jesus means after the resurrection, to my understanding. I'm not going to tell you uh, that it's absolute law, but it's just uh, uh, something I've seen in the Scriptures and come to understand in most places where you uh, see it said Christ Jesus is talking about after uh, His resurrection. So there's two things we will put on. We will put on the life of Jesus as He was, uh, and that will be the stepping stone to take us to the power of the resurrected Christ as He is. You're not just going to step into that resurrected Christ in the fullness as He is now, but you're going to grow, and you will be as He is. But you first got to be as He was, which is what I call the ministry of the Son of Man. And we are going to experience a ministry of the Son of Man or the works of Jesus, the works uh, that He done when He was on this earth until that day comes. And there is a day, there is a time period, there is a season. Like the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose 
under the heavens and we're coming to that season, we're coming to that purpose, we're coming to that preordained time, that when it's that time, nothing's going to stop it. And the full power of the resurrected Christ is going to be imparted unto his people uh, of that generation. Do I believe that I'm going to see it? Uh, I believe it is very possible that I can see it. I know that we're entering into something we've never had. I know the ministry of the Son of Man is being revealed now in the earth and it's coming forth. And I also know it's leading to the full power of the resurrected Christ being revealed in us, which I believe is the latter rain. This is Brother Metter, and my goodness, how quick our time gets by. Please sit down and write to us and let us know what this broadcast is doing. And if you can and will, send us an offering to help us, not just with the radio, but with our missionary work and uh, uh, getting everything set so we can begin teaching on YouTube again. Uh, we've sent some Bibles overseas. Uh, we bought them for projector, and I got a request for them to get a uh, a computer uh, so uh, it will help in some of the other churches to broadcast, uh, you know, in, and they can see us. It'll come in on the laptop. It'll go up on the projector. They'll project it up on the stage. May God bless you till our next broadcast.